Thanks for joining the Life Builder Podcast, where we say life is so much better with God, community, and purpose. My name is Jonathan Gleason. This is Josh Doolin. And today we have a special guest. This is Dana. She is the project manager for America Kids Belong in Kentucky. And if you're not familiar with America Kids Belong, they're actually a nonprofit that is empowering leaders in government, faith-based, business, and creative sectors to end the crisis for kids in foster care state by state. And... And issue? Well, you know, I was going to say that, uh, you know, not to be inappropriate at all, but whoever your husband is, like, he is one lucky man to have you as his wife. Thank you. That wasn't inappropriate, was it? It was it was very funny to see you, like, read your notes, Dana. And I was just like, um, okay, Jonathan. But then I understood by the end of it, you wanted to make sure you got all of the I, w- I wanted to make sure that I gave the title of project manager <laughs> as opposed to some other lame thing that I might come up with on the spot. But, yeah, for anyone who's still wondering, like, okay, what was that comment all about? Yeah, Dana's my wife, um, and I am a lucky man to, to have her. In fact, you're you're already you're already my favorite guest on the podcast. I earned that. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Well, before we get into Kentucky Kids Belong and all the amazing work that they are doing and what God's doing through you, um, what we thought we'd do is we go a little bit back into time when you were a kid and play a game called Well, when you were a kid. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a series of questions having to do with like fads in the 80s and 90s. And you can just see, uh, you can just tell us if you were into those fads or not. Kind of the idea here is you work with kids. You're trying to get those kids into loving homes. And so for us, even maybe to go back in time, uh, just remember when we were kids and what we were dealing with at the time and what we were into uh, maybe gives us a better perspective on what you're doing for these kids. Mm -hmm. At the same time, though, Josh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask if she was into those fads, and I'm going to find out if you even knew... (laughs) or know what those things even are. Okay. I know, I was thinking, you're aging me. You're telling everyone how old I am since you're saying 80s and 90s, so here we go. <laughs> that's, that's a good I thing, though. <laughs> Josh, you were like a brand new baby. <laughs> Josh was six months old when the 90s came to an end. All right, so the first question is, did you ever own a koosh ball? Yes, those were so much fun. Now, before you give any clues as to what that is, Josh, do you know what a koosh ball is? No. (laughs) Okay, so I remember something from my childhood that isn't around anymore. Is it one of those things where, like, uh, there's a ball and then, like, a platform and you put your feet in between it and you jump? No, but those are awesome. I forget what they're called, (laughs) but that's definitely a throwback as well. Yes. They should bring those back. They're they're pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, I forgot about those. Tell us what a koosh ball is. So... Basically, I guess it's made of rubber, rubbery yeah. kind of material, and it, you'd think it's like a bouncy ball in the middle, and then it just has a ton of little strands, rubber strands that come off it, oh, so okay. it looks like this big ball of weird hair, almost. So it's like, <laughs> it's like rubber hair. They're called, but I've seen You've seen them. Arcades. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they made like little ones, big ones, and I thought they were making a comeback, because I just heard on Dude Perfect, I saw that they were talking about them the other day, so I'm I thought surprised. maybe they're cool again. I don't Slap know. Slap bracelets made a comeback, so... Bullets yeah. made a comeback. Oh, my God. <laughs> Gosh, let's not even go there. (laughs) They're so cool. They're so. Sorry for all you bullet wearers out there. (laughs) Second question Do you ever get into, sorry, did you ever get into hair crimping? Crimping your hair. Does he need to. Josh, do you know what hair crimping would be? Is it like that fad where you would like 
put something underneath your hair and like wrap it around it? I don't know. No, I'm not even sure what that that <laughs> is. You know, like how you want to make your hair like more poofy, so like you put you hide something underneath of it. And oh, put, oh, 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 oh! You know I know what, what you're about? talking about. Yes, no, that would not be crimping. In fact, first of all, yeah, tell us if you if you crimped <laughs> your hair, and if so, like what that involved. Yes, I did, and I think mostly it was because I had my older sister's influence, so I'm going to say that I'm a little younger than I might seem because I was just copying my sister. Um, but yeah, it was like, you, you know, like a curling iron, you plug it in and it gets hot. It was an, an iron like that, okay. except it was kind of square on the end and then had these little zigzags as part of the tool. And so you'd put it on your head and it would like zigzag your hair. It would make it kind of look <laughs> wavy. Yeah. So I think I did sometimes, but I don't think I ever did my whole head. Just like, here's a few strands, and I look so cool. You were. I'm sure you were <laughs> extremely cool. All right. Did you own a pair of jelly shoes? Yes. Do you know jelly shoes? No. <laughs> jelly shoes were huge. If you had said no, I would have said you're a liar. Because every girl I knew owned a, not just one pair of jelly shoes, but multiple pairs depending on the outfit, right? What are jelly shoes? They also were. Not cool. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I might that's. Have it. Heard these Knowing what jelly shoes are definitely does not make you cool or uncool, Josh. You're just fine. Um, they were like slip-on shoes, no shoelaces or anything, and they were made of again, plastic. Yeah. Just straight up plastic. Yeah. And there would be different. But they're different colors. Sparkles, even. I think I had a sparkly yeah. pair. And... I saw a pair laying out in our church lobby one day, and it was like, whoa, who's sporting the jelly shoes? So they're still around. So, like, nice. is it soft plastic? No. Or... I mean, it it's soft it... enough that it can bend, but I'm sure you're not wearing it for like, oh, these are like the comfortable, most comfortable yeah. shoes in the world. Yeah. I don't remember as a kid that it hurt my feet, though. Yeah. Hmm. But things you do for fashion. Yeah, I didn't own a pair of jelly shoes, that's for sure. But I knew girls did. Okay, next question. Did you love new kids on the block? I already knew the answer to this question, guys. That is a music group. Yes, yes. What kind? What kind of music group? Don't Hard rock, rap. Isn't it rap? Boy band. Should have went with boy band. Like the original boy band. Okay. How many guys were on the crew? Five. Five. I yeah. thought it was five. five was the number. Is that what it is? I thought yeah. it might have been four. I didn't like New Kids on the Block. Who were you in love with, though? There had to have Joey. been one. Joey. Joey. He was the youngest, and I was young. There you go. There you go. Yes, he was my heartthrob at the time. He was a total geek, but that's all right. I still sometimes play some of the songs for okay. the kids just to mess with them, and they're like, Mom, this is so bad, but what, I'll rock out to what it. What is their like, number one hit that oh. I heard? Hanging Tough? Hang tough. There was motions too. <laughs> we were actually singing <laughs> one of their other songs, which really isn't their song, but they just kind of put a spin on it. They have a happy birthday song. Anyway, I'm not going to sing it. I was so tempted to, but we sang it to Travis this past weekend. So, yeah, new kids on the block. They're still they're still alive and well in the Gleason family. All right, next not question. <laughs> no, they're old men on the block. I don't even know if they're still alive. The they are. I think they're doing a concert series right now. I think I saw that. We gotta get tickets. Seriously. <laughs> if you have connections, anyone. Joey's got a great beard, but he's still pretty cute. Still a new kid. <laughs> All right, number five. Do you uh, did you own a Gigapet or Tamagotchi? Do you remember? You know what a Tamagotchi is. Okay, what is a Tamagotchi, Josh? Yeah, a Tamagotchi was like. 
this pet that yes. was a cyber pet. Yes. And you had to take care of it in real time. Like, and that was like the draw was it keeps track of the time that you've spent away from it. And if it if you don't take care of it, it dies. Yeah, you've got like a, a couple of buttons to either like mm -hmm. pet it or like pick up its feed poop it. to feed it. And it's horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Horrifying. I, I never had one. Did you? No, I don't think so. I had a younger brother, though, who was considerably younger than me, and I think he, he had was one. Doing yeah, so I, I'm sure I've played around with it, but I think that was a little after me. Did you That's own why one, Josh? Josh? I, I remember someone purchased one. I probably played with it like <laughs> Let two it days. Let it die. And I just don't have, like, I remember even being as a kid and being like, I don't want this responsibility. <laughs> this is stressing <laughs> like, me out. Like, this is ridiculous. This isn't yeah. fun. Um, yeah, I, I think all of that was just meant to teach kids not to want pets. <laughs> I, think, I don't know. You know what? My my kids should have learned that. That's, oh. We've got a dog that I love. She's a blessing. <laughs> I've heard that she's a lot better than she used to be. She's improved. Yeah, she's improved. <laughs> uh, 30 minutes of my life this morning was dedicated to bathing her because she got some stink on her. So this morning's probably not the best time to be like, your dog's getting better. No, no she's not. All right, next question. Do you own, did you own a hyper-color shirt? Oh, do you know those? Hyper-color. That's similar. That's okay. close. Hyper-color was this really cool fad. Oh, yeah. Explain it. Yeah, so I definitely did. At least one, probably more. But <laughs> what's weird about it, so you wear the shirt, but it, it's like a, you know, like a mood ring will change colors with the heat oh. and things. It would change colors with how hot you were. But what was so awkward was sometimes like my armpits are really hot and sweaty, so they would be different colors. Like that's the not the fatal attractive. flaw of the hyper <laughs> yes. color shirt, whatever it's called. I already yes. forgot. So I assume yeah. you did own one? Yeah. Yeah. I never owned one, but I always wanted one. And then everyone was like, yeah, once you like wash it like three or four times, it turns into this brown gross thing. Don't get a hyper color shirt. It's like, okay, fine. And then by the time I could actually buy one on my own, they were no longer cool. So there you have it. Okay, got another fashion question for you. Uh, this one I'm going to have to spin a little bit different for Josh. Uh, but did you did you ever uh, own a pair of overalls? Like, were you sporting the overall thing in the early 90s? Okay, now, Josh, you obviously know what overalls are. <laughs> However, in the early 90s, there were two ways that you could wear your overalls and still be cool. Mm. Are, are you familiar with what those two ways were? One of them was one strap off, right? Yes, got to have the one strap and, off. And there was one other way. No, but good guess. Okay. I'm sure the new kids on the block were doing this, but you would wear a belt and you would what? unstrap both and let that flap hang in front and in the back. You know what? I've seen that and I've always thought, why? <laughs> because it was awesome, Josh. It was so cool. So, which way did you like to wear your overalls? Just the one strap. One strap. Yeah. Man, I am picturing it right now. <laughs> Adorable. I'm just saying. Maybe we should get a pair of overalls just to bring that one back. I don't know about that. Okay. Last question. Um, did you ever try to avoid the Noid? <laughs> Josh looks confused. Dana knows the reference. Yeah, Do you like know the reference? Some folktale of a monster that'll catch you. It sounds like it. Those 80s, we were always telling those folklore of those <laughs> noids. <laughs> no, but close enough. So, what is the noid? Do you remember? He was that little 
I don't even know what he was. The little mascot, little creature guy for Domino's Pizza, right? No. He, yeah, yeah no, you're right. Not really? table. Yeah. He, he looked kind of like a rabbit, but he wore a costume, so you never really knew what was going on inside, but he had rabbit ears, <laughs> so he was some sort of rabbit creature. Yeah. And I think the whole marketing behind it was they were really trying to push the fact that they were fast delivery. Mm -hmm. Like that was what they're like, hey, we can deliver fast and mm -hmm. fresh. And so the Noid was this character that would sabotage every other pizza company, <laughs> but not Domino's. They knew how to avoid the Noid. I, I think. That's what I remember. And I've got a pretty good memory. So someone can correct me I've if I'm heard wrong. Of that, so they really just... Like, they just ditched that campaign. Entirely. You know, it was huge in the 80s, and I, as a kid, I thought I thought it was good. I was like, man, we got to get Domino's, because they, they know how to avoid the noise. They even had toys of the noise. Yeah, little oh, toys and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, enough of... If you work for Domino's, <laughs> these views do not necessarily represent... The podcast as a whole, but anyway. I should, I should state that before I actually, like, public opinion about uh, If you want to throw me some gift cards if you work with Domino's, I'm fine. I am fine with Domino's. Okay, uh, enough of uh, like flashbacks here. Uh, let's get into what you are currently doing. Um, tell us a little about Kentucky Kids Belong and uh, how they're actually solving this crisis in the foster care system. Yeah, so here in Kentucky in particular, we have over 9,000 kids that are in the foster care system. There's over 650 that are available for adoption, which means they won't go back to their biological families. Um, they are needing new families to take them in and adopt them. Um, and when you think through what they have been through to be at the point of needing this, they have been through so much trauma and so much suffering and things that even as adults, I feel like so many of us have never, never experienced. And so what we do as Kentucky Kids Belong is we are striving and working hard to take those, those kids that have had these experiences and help them to know that, you know, you do belong. You are important. We do have um, people who love you and want to, you know, take you as part of their family. Um, and so we are working really, really hard to get more and more families to go ahead and realize these kids are amazing. They're great and they are just longing for love that we all need but they haven't been able to have that in their lives right now. Mm -hmm. So we are changing their outcomes so that they can feel like they belong in communities that accept them. Yeah, one of the little, in our intro, we shared how you're doing that really through government, through faith-based, through business, as well as through the creative sector. Uh, can you unpack that a little bit? Yeah, so we partner directly with the government um, in order to be able to even have access to these kids and to get to know them, um, we work straight with them. And so I get to know a lot of social workers that are amazing people working hard to get these kids into homes. I get to meet the children, um, and I'll get into a little more of what that looks like later. But um, we also connect with churches, like here, and get the word out that, hey, these kids exist. A lot of the problem is that people don't realize this crisis is happening or that the numbers are so large. Yeah. Um, so we connect with churches and you know ask for their help in letting their congregations know this is what's happening. And we've actually found that um, churches are, people in churches are usually about two times more likely to consider fostering and adopting themselves. They already, you know, understand what God's word says about mm -hmm. taking care of orphans. 
Um, and so it can pull on their heartstrings more and they can realize, hey, I can get involved in this. Um, so we connect with churches. Again, we connect with businesses. Um, and I'll get into a little of that later too. But with businesses, we are really striving for them to be able to connect with the community of foster families around them. And so we have a new app we're coming out with. We already have come out, but we're about to launch um, that businesses can offer discounts to foster families and that we get to put a sticker in their window even to show families, hey, you know what, we support foster families. We want to help you guys out. We realize you're taking in kids, yeah, and it's not always the easiest and financially, you may not be able to allow them to be involved in everything. But if we can get companies like gymnastics companies and the zoo and things like that to say, we'll give you a discount and we want to love and support you guys, then that actually really wraps around those families too. Would a, would a company like Domino's, for example, <laughs> be interested yes. in discounting? Maybe not now, but no, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, Domino's would be great. I love Domino's. <laughs> no, I, I, like, I love that a lot because it's, it's a support system that goes not only for the kids, but also for the families. And yeah. it's just unfortunate that like there are times where like those families struggle so much that they don't feel like there's anybody around them that can care. Right. And so like even just ha like knowing that there's an app available can be like, oh wow, there's people who are fighting yeah. for me, you know. Uh, so I, I think that that's great. Um, are we cool with moving on to the next yeah. one? Yeah. All right. The next question is, uh, what led you specifically? I feel like I know a little bit of your story, <laughs> but um, would you mind sharing that with them? What, what led you into this kind of work? Sure. Yeah, so years ago, after we first got married, um, we went on the mission field, and so we moved to this tiny country in Africa called Iswatini, and they actually had the highest HIV and AIDS rate in all the world, out of all the countries. And so you could see it, the effects of it, all across the country. There were many kids who whose parents had passed away. And so there were kids, you know, some that still had their homes and, and land and whatnot, um, but they had no adults caring for them. They didn't know what, what to do. And so we were able to come alongside them and um, help them. Basically, we, we worked in all areas of their lives, you know, mentoring them spiritually, physically, mentally, all the areas that we could. And with that, teaching them how to take care of themselves, knowing that they, they weren't going to have parents in their lives. And so... <clears throat> At the same time, there were also many little babies and even older ones that would just get abandoned due to what was happening health-wise in the country and some out of desperation from moms and dads that didn't know what to do because they thought, I can't take care of these kids. And so when they would get abandoned, they would get brought to the government hospital, which when I say hospital, it's not like what you think of here as a hospital. Um, they didn't have a ton of resources, didn't necessarily have training and you know, medicines and things that we would have here. And it wasn't, wasn't a very pleasant place to be. And these kids would then literally live in this tiny little room. They were just, there was no one else to care for them. So they would live in this room together. And again, the staff was just short staffed, didn't have what they needed. And so they didn't always take care of all of those needs. Um, so I got to a couple times a week, get to go in and help do just some of the basic things, like help bathe the kids, um, give them hugs, you know, dance with them, whatever they wanted to do, but just show them some affection, some, you know, physical touch, some taking care of those needs, help feed them. Um, and it, it hit me then just how huge a family is, you know, how much that yeah. can affect your life, you know, Absolutely. and even change your future. Um, and so that's when it really started hitting me more of what was going on in the world when it came to orphans and then 
fast forward later, <laughs> we moved back to the States. Um, eventually found ourselves in Tennessee where I have my sister who lives there and we live not far from her and she was involved with the Tennessee branch of America's Kids Belong and she was already working there so I started volunteering and went to all the things that I could <laughs> to help out um, and then eventually they hired me on also to run their video shoots that I'll explain in a bit too but um, with that after then we realized we were moving to K Kentucky, God was taking us this direction. That one of the hardest things was saying to them, I can't do Tennessee Kids Belong anymore. It breaks my heart. But if we're ever operating in Kentucky, you know, let yeah. me know. I'd love to help. And right then on the phone, this was just one of those great God moments. Um, my boss, who I was talking to, said, oh, my goodness, Dana, I can't believe this. You know, we're so sad to see you go. But we're actually signing the paperwork with the government this week to get it started in Kentucky and have no one to run it. And so we've been hoping and praying for someone to run it. That's awesome. And so, yeah, the timing <laughs> was just perfect. So God took care of that. Yeah, that's fantastic. <clears throat> um, what are the challenges that the organization, organization faces as you guys strive to end the crisis for kids in foster care? Yeah, one of the big ones is just getting word out that this is happening. Mm. I think so many people in our state and our country and even around the world don't realize how huge this is. That in, throughout the whole country, there's over 400,000 kids that are in the foster care system, and over 100,000 of them are legally free for adoption. Um, and I think we we just don't. If you're not in that realm, you don't realize this is happening. And again, yeah. in Kentucky, over 9,000. I mean, that's crazy to think about all those kids. Um, and so. Again, just letting people know that this exists and that there's ways that we can get involved and we can help, that it is a solvable problem, but it's going to you know, take everyone getting involved. Um, one of the big things also with that is there's just not enough foster families that are signing up and taking that step and saying, yeah, I will take in these kiddos and give them the love that they need, um, not enough that are willing to adopt as well. So <clears throat> they just... I feel like we just need a lot more support and help once people realize what's going on. That hey, And you can jump in, and there's so many different ways that you can do that. And going back to something you said, too, with businesses even helping families, we found that over half of the foster families that start up within a year, they quit. So if you think... You know, you can, you can work the numbers, but half of them quit within a year because it, it can be tough, you know, but we need those supports. Yeah. And so that's, a, you know, a good reason why we want businesses and churches and everyone wrapping around these families and, mm. and keeping the numbers up so we're not losing them. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, what are a couple success stories that have been most meaningful to you? What, and I know that those can keep you going, too. Like, what are those? Yeah. I have one, yeah, that <clears throat> whenever I hear that question, I always think of this, but there was one boy that we filmed, and he was a teenage boy, and typically teenagers are a little more difficult to find families for, um, and so he was a great kid, and we created his video. We were putting it out for you know the public to see so we could try to find the right family for him, and I got word that a lady and her family were interested in pursuing adoption and fostering him first and heading down that road. And so I connected with her and found out more that she realized, she saw his video and realized he looks familiar and his name sounds familiar. So she kind of processed more and thought, I was his kindergarten teacher. Wow. And yeah. <laughs> so now he's a teenager. And at the time, he wasn't in the foster care system. She had no idea that this was what life had brought him at this point. And so she just immediately thought, oh, I've got to you know, pursue, pursue him and pursue fostering and adopting. And um, so they have been in the process for a while now. And um, that one was just so, so heartwarming to know that 
it took, you know, the video was what even helped her to realize, again, the problem that exists, because a lot yeah. of people don't. Um, so that's one of my favorites. Is he in the home now, then? <clears throat> I, I have to get updates every once in a while, but yeah. 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 Still going um, through probably the process of being legally, you're a part of the family, but is in the home. Right. Yeah, that's it a takes a story. while. Yeah. yeah. I love that one. Um, and then one other one is, um, so the days of our video shoot. So we, we produce these videos of these kiddos. Um, basically, they come to us and we make it a really fun day where they get to be loved on. They get the attention of adults who are there, our volunteer team. And Josh is one who's at almost all of our video shoots, so Josh knows about that. Um, and I've been <coughs> told that that's usually the highlight of the day for most of those kids. <laughs> they Josh. do these evaluations and they're like, that Josh guy, <laughs> that was the best part of the day for me. <laughs> they're, they're, uh, their exit slip. <laughs> 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 I do know they do love Josh, so I will, I will give you that. We don't make them fill out a form about it, but <laughs> yes, they do. They have a lot of fun with him. So they get to, again, spend time with guys like Josh who are just, just they commit that whole day, um, and they get to spend time. They play games. They, you know, eat food together. We provide all sorts of activities for them, and then on top of that, we have professional photographer that will come in, take their photos. Um, they'll print them out for them, which a lot of kids have never had a printed out photo of themselves. So just a bunch of little special parts that mean a lot to them. And then we also, we get to film them while they're playing around with Josh and others. And then also during an interview time, we film them as well. And so they get to share like some of their interests, like things like, what's your favorite subject in school? What would your friends say about you? And then we get deeper into questions as, what would you like in a family? So people that do end up watching these videos later can make those connections of, oh, he likes fishing? We love fishing. We do it all the time. Um, and then find that they may connect with these kiddos. And so during that whole process, again, I have a great volunteer team, but I've had multiple volunteers who after that, like you're changed after you meet some of these kids. And so multiples that have pursued and are in the process of pursuing becoming foster and adoptive parents themselves because of that experience. So that's always one of my great success stories too that came from this. And what's really neat about, in my opinion, for the, the videos is it's, we can hear the statistics, you know, 400,000 kids in the foster care system in the United States, and we're, oh my gosh, that's huge. But that doesn't really mean much. It definitely doesn't hit our hearts like getting to know one of those 400,000 kids, actually hearing their stories, their desires, their hopes, their dreams for the future, and even just their longing to have that love that we take for granted from mom and dad and so those videos give that voice and that face Absolutely. to one of those kids a, the most important thing in creating empathy in a person is putting a face to it which mm. is what i think those videos do time and time again like if anybody watches any of those mm. i don't know how you can come away and not think this is a problem that needs to be right. solved you know absolutely and dana you may be sharing this later but anyone wants to watch some of those videos, where could they go to view them? Yeah, so if you go to americaskidsbelong.org and scroll down to the Kentucky section, we have all the videos of all the kids that we have filmed that are still available for adoption, and we'll put that on the video for Absolutely. you to reference. Yeah. Well, tell us what you're most excited about when it comes to the future <clears throat> of Kentucky Kids Belong and your ministry with them. Yeah, I'm excited about a lot of things, so I'll just come up with, <laughs> with two for now, but, um, one is just lately in the last month or so, um, I've seen more people that are pursuing adoption of some of the kids that we have filmed than I have in a while. I think COVID 
you know, kind of change things a bit, and it's just good to get everything going again. Um, and so seeing these kids, you know, I get asked by the state, hey, take their videos down. They're in homes. Um, that is just, those are the best emails. And so I've, I've been seeing that. <laughs> I get excited. I start telling everyone, great news. Um, and so that's been really exciting. So I'm exciting, excited to see that continue yeah. and to see more and more of those kids. Like, let, I want to take all their videos down. So that's that's a goal and hope, and that's what I'm thrilled about. Um <clears throat> Another aspect I mentioned, but is, again, we have this app called the Foster Friendly app, and anyone can go and check it out. And so we are connecting with businesses. Um, we're starting in the Louisville area, but we're spreading across the whole state. And we're just asking them, again, to support these, these families and let them know, hey, you are seen, you are important, what you're doing is huge. Don't give up, especially since there's such a high rate of some that, that do give up. Um, but to know that, that these businesses are wrapping around you too. Um, and so we're um, getting more and more businesses on board and that's gonna launch, um, hopefully Lord willing, by the end of this year. And then we can just see it spread across the state. And that could build in that retention yes. of those foster families because, hey, they, they've got that support. Yeah, yeah. and retention's huge. Absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. All right, so this is probably the most important question uh, and it's for you guys as well. Uh, but if a person is watching this and they want to get involved in some capacity, what are some next steps that they can take, whether it's foster care, adoption, or even just getting to know you guys somehow and, yeah. and getting a part of the what you're doing? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, you know, if you are feeling the call, the desire at all to pursue foster care or adoption yourself, my biggest advice is listen to that. I think so often we can hear sometimes that God may be calling us some way and then get distracted with life and move on, you know, because the stats and the kids may not always be in your face. Um, but to stop, you know, stop right now, listen, don't ignore it, um, and start the process. It's actually getting started is an easy process, um, which you can connect with me. Um, I can put my email down there too, and you can go on our website to connect with us to figure out, you know, how to start the process. But you even just start with an informational meeting. So you get more information and find out, is this a, you know, a road you want to go down? Um, and then some training and different things along those lines. Um, but it's not as scary as it might seem. So definitely listen, please. Um, <clears throat> and know that the sacrifice is worth it. I know we hear a lot of people that say, I couldn't, um, when it comes to foster care, you know, I couldn't have a kid in my home and then say goodbye to them if they go back to their family. Like that would break my heart. But we always go back to, I get it. Like that's not easy for any foster family to do. And it shouldn't be. And if you're feeling like that, then you're the right person to step into this because that shows that you will love and take care of that child and they will mean something to you and they will feel that. Um, and for them to, for you to feel that you know, heaviness is exactly what they need because they need people that are going to be as involved as that. Um, and then, again, yeah, if you if you feel like you're not called necessarily to be a foster parent yourself, we have a ton of ways that you can also help and support in this process. But if you know any families that are doing foster care themselves or have adopted, they need help and support too. Again, that retention is so huge that we need to just keep boosting and these families, we, we have a number of ways. I'll <coughs> quickly go through a few, but we have what's called RAP, and it's spelled W-R-A-P. So the W stands for words of encouragement. They need, they need to be encouraged, and they may not always share their problems. They may not always share what's happening in their home because um, these kids have been through trauma, so it will bring some 
you know, some heavier things that they will be dealing with in the house, but they need to be encouraged and say, you know, tell them you're doing a great job, write them notes, however you want to do that. Um, then we have something called respite care. And so you can go through a process that's, again, not too difficult through the state um, where you are then allowed to provide babysitting basically for these families. Because if you are a foster family and you have a kid in foster care, you can't just say, hey, anyone and everyone, watch my kid for five days because I'm doing something else. But they have to be certified to be able to do that <clears throat> if it's for a certain amount of time. And so to come alongside your friends um, who are in these situations and say, I'm gonna get certified, so if you need a break, I can take care of the kiddos, you know, and yeah. you can you can have that. Um, another thing we can do is any sort of acts of service. And I just point out with this too, rather than calling up one of those families and saying, hey, what do you need right now? Um, or those kind of open-ended questions, a lot of the times they may say, nothing, we're good. But do more of the really proactive and say, guess what, I'm dropping off dinner tonight, so don't cook. Um, we're gonna come mow your lawn this weekend so you can have more time with the kids that you don't need to worry about that. Um, and then finally, and most importantly, is you know pray for them. I think sometimes we can, again, forget all of what they might be dealing with. So to bring it to God and see that he can, you know, he can help in all these situations is key. So that's another one of those areas. And then, sorry, it's a long one. Um, on top of that, too, even if you don't know any foster families personally, there's ways you can get involved. And if you go to our site, um, we have an Amazon wish list. And so for all these video shoots, when we get to you know spend those time with the kids, again, we provide them with games, activities, all of that. And those need to be bought. <laughs> and so we put those on our Amazon wish list that we'll put the link to. And you can head there anytime, purchase those things, and we will be able to use them for the kiddos, as well as gifts for them, because we find out their interests and love to you know, get them a Lego if that's their favorite thing, just to see their faces light up when they open those because they don't, they don't get gifts on a regular basis. So yeah, um, finally also too, we have a lot that we do on social media. So with these videos, um, one of the biggest things is just getting more and more people to see them so the right family can find them. So if you follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and Facebook, Kentucky Kids Belong and just share the videos, the posts that we do, please, just to get more and more people. You never know, friends and family who might be interested. Um, there's ways you can donate that we'll put the link to as well. Are you guys on MySpace as well? <laughs> no, was this throwback to the 80s? I was just throwing that one back. Anyone <laughs> no. still on there? Sorry, you're, yeah. you're out of luck. <laughs> Facebook isn't called Facebook anymore. It's now. Oh, yeah. I have not heard that. <laughs> well, heard. that's a talk for Follow later. us Here on Meta. <laughs> on next podcast. Now, it sounds like you are developing, I mean, the, the app has been developed, but you are still trying to get, you know, organizations, or I should say businesses on board. So what would you say, you know, if someone knows somebody who owns a business that could offer that, or possibly a business owner themselves, any thoughts, suggestions for them to get onto that? Yeah, it's actually super simple. So you can download the app on any of the regular downloads. Um, it's called Foster Friendly App. And if you go straight there, it will give you all the information that you need if you are a business owner or, yeah, let's say you're a business owner. There's a section that you just start filling out some information and it connects you with, with me and we will go through a little bit of the process of what that looks like, but it's really simple to get that discount going for them. Then the foster families will have a, an identifying card. So then when they come in, let's say you're an owner of a restaurant, you're given 10% off. When they come in with their card, 
all they have to do is to show it to you and you know, okay, 10% off the bill. And we can even do some training with you on what that would look like for your employees. Um, and then if you don't own a business, but there's a business you like that you think that, man, that would be great if they would offer a discount to families. Then on the app as well, there's a place that you can nominate a business and give just a quick little bit of information. And then I will contact them and say, hey, you've, you've been nominated. There are families out there that would love to see that. And I can follow up with them. Good. Awesome. Well, any final thoughts as we wrap things up from either of you? <laughs> Not from I'll Josh? Say. Go ahead, Josh. <laughs> I, I've gotten to do a lot of these video shoots. So uh, I know that, you know, Dana, normally you reach out to people, but if that is your heart and you uh, love ministry with students and kids of all ages, and that's something that, you know, you live in Kentucky and you can reach out to her, like absolutely find ways to even just support if you don't feel like you can be a part of those. Um, the ministry of finding this creative outlet to put a face to the, the problem is, is so huge. And I, I think that if, if people had that out of the box thinking more, a lot of problems would be solved. And so, uh, again, yes, share those videos, but also find ways to support this because this is huge. And it can, I've, I've even seen the impact uh, just on some of the kids that we've met and, and hearing from Dana being like, hey, this, this kid that you, you met and you made this video for is now in a, fam is a, in a home. It's such a huge, huge win. And I know that it makes God so much happier too. Mm -hmm. so. yeah. Amen. Anything else? Nope, he did a good All job. All right. Well, <laughs> Thanks, Josh. until next time, avoid the noise. <laughs>